Alrighty, thank you for clicking on this video. This is podcast number two, um, Limitless Podcast. Uh, I actually did my first podcast last week with um, Dustin. He has a YouTube channel, um, Discipling Recovers Recovery, so you guys can uh, either click on the thing on uh, this video or uh, in the description to watch last week's episode. But uh, this week uh, is number two, and we got Brian McDonald. And uh, he's going to tell a little bit about himself, so I'll just hand it over to him. Thanks, Mason. Yep. Yeah, I'm a, a C5-6 incomplete quad. Uh, I was injured back in 1978, uh, which is like 38 years ago. So I'm one of the, the veterans uh, yeah. in, the, uh, in these buggies. But uh, anyways, I uh, was uh, injured in a swimming pool, a bunch of kids fooling around the swimming pool. And... Uh, I was one of the reasons why parents tell their kids don't fool around pushing in and out of the swimming pool. Well, I, I'm one of the oh. reasons why because uh, I ended up getting pushed into the shallow end and uh, broke my neck hmm. at five six. And uh, um, at first, I couldn't move uh, anything except you know one arm, maybe a little bit like that, and that was it. Um, and you know, it was it was shocking at first. It was one of those things where you don't. You don't really know what's happened you know i was just a young lad uh and uh, i had done a lot of sports and stuff before that played a lot of played a lot of hockey uh baseball uh did a lot of cycling and that type of thing so i was always an active kind of kid but yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, it was shocking it was just as hard on on me as it was uh, on my family and stuff too people don't realize it's just as hard on your family and friends as it is on you you know when yeah i think like it's that. harder yeah oh yeah because they they have to see you go through the injury and, and the struggles you need to go through to try and get to back towards as much independence as you can. Plus, they have to deal with their own emotions and stuff as well. Yeah. What really started to change for me, probably about two years, which is about a about norm. About a year and a half to two years is about a norm for a lot of people. I think the, the adaptation time is different for everybody, but it it uh, it's certainly a lot quicker today because people have more knowledge there's more awareness like you're doing today right uh, sharing with other people about um, their experiences and what they've gone through and how they've coped and and how they uh, they adapt to their new life uh, and what really changed it for me was wheelchair sports back when i was 17 they uh, formed uh, a new wheelchair rugby team here in ottawa in ontario canada here where i live and uh, the sport started back in 1976 up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. That's where the sport was actually invented. <clears throat> and anyways, they uh, decided to form a team, and we started uh, playing, and, and I got to like it. And uh, what I liked about it was I could actually feel like I was on, I could have fun, and I could be on an equal level with my peers because I was dealing with other people that were also quads and had their own injuries and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found was that uh, I could also learn a lot from them because a lot, a lot of them were in chairs longer than I was, um, and could uh, could really show me some some of the things that I didn't know how to do. What you're trying to achieve through your through your videos on on your website, which is uh, awesome. Yeah, the tricks of the trade, as uh, I call them. <laughs> and uh, then you know it's uh, you learn from them. I learned how to write. I kind of hold my pen like this, and I write. I write like this freehand, 
and I actually learned that from another rugby player. So right. uh, it just goes to show you that you can learn from your peers. Another thing I, I learned a lot from them was because you're the wheelchair rugby team, you're dealing with a smaller pool of athletes. So if you need to compete, usually you have to go out of town. You have to yeah. go to Ottawa here. We have to go to Montreal or Toronto or wherever to compete against other wheelchair rugby players or quad rugby as it's known as in the States. And uh, so you get to travel. And, and on top of that, you're usually traveling and you learn to be independent on your travels. Like you learn to get dressed yourself and and all that so that you don't have to bring somebody with you. And and yeah. you, see, you see how your friends do it, your rugby teammates, and you learn from that. And uh, um, certainly... Uh, um, this the social part of the sport is is just as valuable as the sport itself because it's a lot of fun. All right. So, um, well, the four topics that we're going to be talking about is wheelchair rugby, which he was just talking about a little bit. Um, driving, uh, good resources to look at um, for information, and uh, the last one is work. We got about fifteen minutes. So, uh, do you have anything on uh, will any more stuff on wheelchair rugby? Absolutely. We, uh, I competed uh, in Canada here up to the national level, so I played for t with Team Ontario in uh, Division One, and uh, I played for 30 years in Canada, and uh, it was it was it was awesome. Like I still enjoy even watching it. It's just a, such a great sport, and so it's evolved to actually the most watched Paralympic sport of all the sports at the Paralympics because of the wheelchair contact that's allowed. A lot of people like it. Yeah. Because wheelchair contact um and if you're any kind of sports lover involved been involved in say football or any of those contact type sports well this sport is definitely for you um but anyways uh competing up, up, up to that level you know you do have to train uh, we used to practice like three times a week uh, i think the guys still practice three times a week um and team canada right now is going into the paralympics Team Canada is, uh, is seeded number four. They were seeded number one, but the U.S. is actually back in the top seed. Oh, wow. Uh, with the Aussies uh, in second and Japan's in third. So though that's the seeding going into the Rio 2016 Paralympics. So uh, <laughs> the Americans and Canadians, as you know, if you've seen the Murderball movie, which I, I know you've seen, Mason, uh, you see there's a big rivalry that's, that's always going on between the Canada and the U.S. Yeah. And it's great to see, uh, you know, that rivalry going on. And, and I think the seeding is set. Uh, so you could end up with a Canada-U.S. final for the gold medal uh, just because I was looking at the pools at the Paralympics, and that's that's going to be an exciting game to watch. Yeah. Coming up, uh, uh, the today is actually the uh, opening ceremonies are happening today at the Paralympics. Uh, I'm sure uh, Mason can share the links. I, I know I've shared them through my Facebook pages and yeah, so on. Yeah, I did, I did see those today. Yeah, great. So check those out. They're definitely worth checking out. Uh, and uh, It's a great form of exercise on top of that, Mason. You're going to get a lot more strength and mobility just from doing that. Uh, it's a great cardio workout on, as well because, you know, your practices are usually for about three hours. Uh, and, you know, that's a uh, lot. Yeah, a that is. There. And, you know, of course, you'd have to get your own rugby chair and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, they're all specially made for the sport. There's most, uh, most C5-6 quads are probably playing uh, at the mid to low end of the wheelchair rugby players classification scale. 
so we tend to be more defensive players when we're on the court. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a fantastic game. Definitely worth checking it out uh, at the Paralympics. Yeah, I've never really watched uh, very much Paralympics, but uh, well, since my injury, I guess I've been more interested in it. So I'll probably check it out. And also, I was gonna see about uh, pl- well, see if I could uh, play some wheelchair rugby. Um, somewhere up in Indianapolis that actually has a team, I guess. And uh, one of my friends on Facebook is, uh, I think you saw that he was um, starting another team. Um, Where I did Rehab Rehabilitation Hospital of Indiana, or RHI, they actually sponsored a rugby team that he was on. Yeah. Yeah, It's great because, I mean, in the States, uh, you'll find that there's a lot more the rehab centers are a lot more involved in sponsoring the teams and and providing them with a little bit of funding and so on to to you know support them for equipment uh, for uh, travel and accommodations maybe support them a little bit. We what we used to do here is we we are affiliated. The Ottawa team here is was affiliated with the local rehab center. In fact, that's where we started playing, and we have a gymnasium there. Um, but it's a smaller gymnasium. It's not a full size gymnasium, so we practice. Uh, only there once a week, and the other two days a week we're practicing uh, um, at a fu- in a full-size gym in a local high school. Yeah. Funding, a lot of the funding comes out of the players themselves until, you know, you can either do some fundraising yourselves or to uh, get some service clubs or something else to help you out with, uh, with some yeah. of the funding to get the, uh, the costs down. Yeah, all right. So uh, our second topic is uh, driving. And uh, I'm not too sure what all we're going to talk about on this, but um, obviously some adaptive equipment for driving and, um, you know, the Indianapolis 500 that uh, is held, well, it was held each year, but this year I think was its 100th anniversary or something. Yeah, so um, there was a guy, uh, well, the Indy 500, um, the guy that was the pole leader for the race, his car owner is actually um, uh, quadriplegic, and uh, he doesn't have any arm function. Um, and he uh, drove, I can't remember if it's a Corvette or Camaro or something, he drove that around the track, um, and it was all set up like through a straw system. Um, so like blowing out would yeah. uh, propel you um, forward and then, uh, like sucking in would, uh, slow you down or stop you. And his goal, he had a goal of like 160 mile an hour or something, but he made it to like 155 or 56 miles an hour. And then, I mean, that's fast, but that's extremely fast with just a straw. Yeah. It's like I said, well, today that there's so much technology available that really, you can drive, and I know per- people personally that have driven with systems with very minimal, uh, people with very minimal mobility to be able to drive. Like, for example, I only drive, I drive with uh, with a spinner on my steering wheel. I have one of the two-prong, the U-shaped spinners. Okay. Uh, C5 quad guys, they'll use a three-prong spinner. You've probably seen those. Yeah, I got one of those. On on your, uh, your four-wheeler, right? Eh? Yeah, on my uh, UTV thing. Yeah, I got that. And then I got a lever uh, back or down is uh, gas and then forward is brake. Sure grip hand controls? Yep, sure grip hand controls. Best ones. They're, they're actually originally made in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. I, know the I guy thought they were made in Canada. 
Yeah, and that's what I drive with. I drive with the same controls. They're nice and easy to drive. I, I like the fact that you can just rest your arm on the on the gas. Yeah. And you know, so you can be comfortable driving with your arm out the window and just rest on the gas, and and uh, you know, the rest is is cake, right? Yeah, it works really well. Um, yeah, so I got it on my UTV, uh, which is the video that I put up uh, last week or two weeks ago of me washing. I was like washing it off or whatever, so you guys can check that out. But I yeah. I use that to just like drive around because I live in a, a pretty little town. Um, so, um, it's not very big at all, you know, so it gets me around where I need to go. Yeah, I drive a full-size van, so I have a, I have a Braun lift. Uh, I prefer the Rikon lifts of all the lifts that I've ever had over the years. I've had about, uh, five different vans, uh, over the years, and I prefer the Rikon lift over anything. That's just my personal preference. I don't, uh, have stocks in Rikon or anything like that, but anyways, yeah. uh, I prefer those. Uh, of course, the automatic door openers make uh, make that uh, a lot easier. And uh, and like I said, the spinner and the sure grip hand controls, that's really what I drive with. But I I know other people that have driven with... Uh, uh, I, I know a guy I went to high school with who had... He was a quad amputee. He was missing one arm up, at the, up, up here, like between the elbow and forearm. His arm only grew that long. The other arm, he had none. And same thing with his legs. He had one from below the knee to the hip. He had one about that long, and the other one he had nothing. So, and he was able to drive. Wow. This guy. So what they did is they there was a special system they have called zero effort steering. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but no. If you look it up uh, on the internet, you'll you'll hear what I mean. So basically, there's no steering wheel resistance when it spins. If you spin the steering wheel, it'll keep turning and turning and turning and turning. So there's no resistance in it. Okay. You can do that circular motion. You can drive. So what they did is they extended the steering column up closer to him. He was able to, and on the steering column, he had a spinner, but it was a cup on the spinner. So he could put his stump, like putting your elbow into the spinner. Steer, you could steer the car like that. He, uh, besides his partial leg that he had, on one side he had a lever for the gas. On the other side he had the brake, so he could push on left or right for gas and brake. And he had head switches beside his head. So there was a computer that was constantly searching through all the electrical on the on the car. So like the heater, the lights, whatever, right? All you have to do is, is stop it, stop it searching, and then hit it again, and it would actually activate that function. It would do the same thing to turn it off. So it was like a computer that's constantly wow, searching. Wow, that is awesome. And the other side of his head, he had the the uh, signal lights on off for the signal lights. That's it. That's all he needed to drive. He, uh, like I said, well, I've seen suck and puff gas and brake before, but he didn't have that. He had the... Uh, left and right with the leg for gas and brake but yeah amazing just uh in fact the the cost to that guy's equipment costs more than his van just to give an idea cost wise it's crazy yeah that, that's pretty sad that it costs more than the actual vehicle itself yeah but they but the technology is there right and he had a, he had insurance money because he was born with a birth defect mm -hmm. so to fund uh that equipment and yeah away he went and then I, you can imagine that driving gives you such a huge boost in your independence, and you know that even yeah, just from in your, your ATV, right? Yeah, it really does. I remember this first day I drove away in my first van. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah, just because of that sheer freedom that it gives you to be able to go where you want, when you want, not rely on buses or rely on other people to take you places. And 
you know, that's uh, that's huge. This camp that I went to that I posted the videos, well, this is a shirt right here. Camp yeah. Possibility, you guys can check that out. But um, there was a guy there that was a comedian, and um, he, was, he didn't have any uh, limbs at all. So no arms, no legs, and he was in a wheelchair. He controlled it with uh, kind of like that thing you were talking about, that cup. So basically, yeah. just stick it in there and do that. And, um, well, a few days ago, I realized that, or, well, somebody told me that's related to me that it's my grandpa's, like, second cousin or something, which I had no clue. <laughs> and, um, it, well, he lives in uh, southern Indiana. I can't remember the town, but um, I'll uh, put a link to his website down below if I can uh, find it. Um, and uh, so now I guess wheelchair gloves. Yeah, so gloves. I've tried a lot of different gloves over the years. See, a lot of a lot of quads like to use the cycling gloves. You know, the ones with the mesh on the back and the the fake fake leather on the palms are usually not leather. Those are okay, but you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of protection on your fingers. That's the one thing. Your fingers are free, so they're cooler, right. cooler to wear. But if your hands are, are, when you're pushing, if your hands are getting any uh, getting anywhere near your brakes or anything like that, uh, you're not going to have any protection. So, Or if you do need grip for your fingertips, you're not going to get it. Yeah, you can see my thumb uh, back there behind the knuckle. Yeah. Um, that's actually uh, scars um, from my manual chair a few days ago. I'm not sure how I did that, but... Well, I, got, I haven't been using uh, my uh, gloves that I got, and they're uh, like the ones you said, uh, the mesh on the back. Um, I think they're called Hut, and uh, leather up here on your palms, but it they had uh, leather, and then they had leather and gel, and I got the ones with the gel in there, because um, I think that would help out a little more. couple of that you should know is, number one, they protect your, your, your hands well. So that you're not building up a lot of a lot of callus on your hands along here, and that's what you'll find if you want to keep your hands nice and soft or whatever. If you'll do, you will build up a certain amount of callus on your hands. You probably notice that you lost a lot of that. Yeah, and and that'll cut a lot of that'll come back on in the areas where you're pushing your wheelchair. A couple of things about the other other kinds of gloves that are good options. If you're looking for a cheap option with with good tackification, you could use the Dix gloves. I don't know if you've seen those. You can get them at Dix Sporting Goods. You probably have a Dix Sporting Goods down where you are. Yeah, they don't have them up in Canada, but they have them up in uh, up in Watertown, New York, which is just across the border from where I am. And uh, they have what they have is uh, they're basically like a work glove, but they're all rubber all the way along the palm, all the way up to the fingers on the on the palm side. Oh, okay. It's like they're very elastic. They're easy to put on. Uh, what I found about putting gloves on, too, an easier way to put gloves on is put your hands and fingers in first and do your thumbs last. That way your thumb's not putting extra pressure on the inside. Yeah, that's what I do, too. But I still can't get them on my own. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a practice thing. you got to kind of almost push your... Almost push push your fingers into the glove, right? As you, as the gloves over your hand, yeah, kind of push them in. If you're looking for the best option though for an everyday glove, uh, and you want to spend a little bit of money, uh, football receiver tackify gloves are the best option. Hmm. And makes them Nike makes them and Under Armour makes them. They're like really really sticky. What the football receivers use to catch the ball. Okay. They're awesome for pushing the chair. And you got you got rubber coated hand rims, right? Yeah, I do. I I have the same thing, and you will not lose any traction at all when you're pushing your chair with those on. Yeah. That's why I, I suggest those if you're looking to try something as uh, with a you know with a really high tack on it. 
I know in the right within rugby there, the guys uh, used to put pine sap on their gloves. Oh, really? Yeah, just a layer of it, so that they would again same thing, right? There, but they were putting that on steel. They would use steel hands to put the tack on the glove and the pine sap on the glove, so that they would they wouldn't they wouldn't have to have rubberized hand rims. There's rubberized hand rims. The other guys can get your chair into your hand rims and use that rubber against you. Oh yeah. Right to slow you down. So they, they get the best of both worlds. You'll see ah, that. That's a good idea. Yeah, so anyway that's another another thing. But you get that ta- you get that pine sap on your clothes, you're not getting it off, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. So so those are three types of gloves. There's kinda of like the work gloves and the rubberized palm work gloves. There's the cycling gloves like you like you're using, and then there's the football receiver tackify gloves. Those are the, the three uh, that I find are, are good options. One's mm-hmm. a cheap rubbery, one's a, a more expensive. That I think they're about thirty-five bucks US. The football receiver gloves, and the cycling gloves. I think they're probably what ten US or fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a good price range there, depending on what you can afford. Yeah. All right, so uh, now I guess we'll go on our next topic is uh, spinal cord uh, uh, resources to uh, get information and stuff. Um, obviously, like I said before we started recording, uh, Christopher Ree Foundation, and you said one. What was that? The other one is, uh, is the Rick Hansen Foundation. Uh, Rick Hansen was the guy who wheeled around the world back in the, uh, in the 80s. He, uh, he did a big fundraiser and raised several million dollars. But he was a paraplegic guy that wheeled around the world, uh, all the continents of the world. He was even on the Great Wall of China and all kinds of other places. Oh, wow. Awareness of disabled people and their abilities, not their disabilities. He was also a Paralympian, this guy. So, uh, yeah, he is uh, definitely, they, they, uh, that his foundation not only promotes research like the Christopher Reeve Foundation, but they also promote uh, um, keeping people active uh, in today's world, before they get to a, to uh, uh, try and find a cure to keep people mobile, keep people active. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, that I use. Of course, the the one that you and I are a member of, the SCI Survivors Only Facebook group, which is an awesome resource because you can actually ask questions amongst pe- your peers, which are people that have already experienced what you're going through now. Um, get ideas of how they've adapted to different scenarios um uh, a great uh, resource that i found um that uh, i think i shared a link with you too is uh, quadtools.com yeah I give them a plug because uh, the grabber that they have is huge it, it, i i just bought one and i'm and telling you i wish you would have had one of these like 10 or 15 years ago really so much with that thing right off the bat no practice nothing you wow. put this thing on, and, and you, I can grab stuff out of the back of the fridge. You know how it is to try to get something from inside? Oh, yeah. No, no. This thing, you can grab it, take whatever you want, no problem, get stuff out of the cupboard. Um, yeah, I was it, thinking about getting one. Yeah, the one I got was 200 bucks. I think it was uh, 200 bucks uh, U.S., and they shipped to Canada as well. But, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I can bring it. I can get it here for you. Just suck here. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah, so like he said, the Facebook group, and there's some other ones like Spinal Cord Peer Support USA, and um, I don't know, there's a bunch of others. So you can see here's this hook, right? Oh, yeah, it's rid- It's uh, like grooved. So 
it's it's a bar like this, and when you bring your hand back with your kinodesis, uh -huh. you it'll actually just close the gripper. And it's made to be like, so all these holes along here are made to reduce the weight. This is made out of aluminum. And you can see how it is on your arm here. Oh, yeah, yeah. All you do, like like this, is you just bring your arm back and it, your hand back and it closes. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And this is all custom custom fit. So the width of this is custom fit for you. So there's a couple of measurements you got to take on the website. Once you do that. You're good to go, and man, like I can grab anything, like this book, I can grab. And Dang, up. that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, like, I definitely got to give them a plug because it's it's a huge time saver for more than anything, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Time is so valuable to us, right? With because uh, it takes us longer usually to do stuff. So whenever yeah, you can save time and get get a grip on something, man, it's uh, it's huge. Yeah, I'll have to check into those a little more. They have different lengths of them. They have a short one. This is the medium one, and they have a, a couple of really long ones, depending yeah. on how you need to reach. But this is kind of the best kind of in-between one I found. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, and I got the heavy-duty one. It's got taken up like 10 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's good. And the claw, the claw on it is kind of sharp, so you can pick up really pretty fine things with it, too. Like oh, yeah. I, like anything that's on the floor or whatever. Anyway, that's uh, definitely one of the resources I use. Yeah, that's another one. All right, so I guess... The last topic is um, working, which I guess uh, would be more uh, on your side because I obviously don't work yet. Yeah. So what I did is uh, I went to I went to college, got a three-year college business college degree uh, at the local college here in Ottawa. Studied business admin, which had some background in computers and uh, and business and finance and that type of stuff. And uh, I decided. Uh, you know, to start applying for jobs. I had a summer job every summer. I never had a problem getting summer jobs. Uh, a lot of the employers here get the way that it works is uh, the employer pays half your wages and the government pays for the other 50% of your wages. So they both get it for less and the government helps, you know, get you some work experience. So when it comes time to actually go out in the real world on a full-time basis, you know, you have, uh, you have the skills, right? So it was yeah. kind of like a voc rehab program. Um, and I know that they have vocational rehabilitation, uh, I think, probably through your local rehab center, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, and definitely take advantage of that. That's That can really help a lot. Um, so, anyways, I ended up, uh, first I started working for in finance. It's actually where I first started working in my first eight years. Um, and uh, I ended up really kind of, of course, with, com with computers, finance and computers kind of goes together because... All the accounting and all that stuff is done on computers. Right. Yeah, and uh, back then we didn't have networks or anything around, so it, everybody just had standalone PCs, and then they just moved the files around on disks or whatever, right? But anyways, the uh, I really decided that it really wasn't for me. It's uh, finance work was very routine work, and I wanted something more challenging. Um, and I like the fact that I was when when I got to work at that my, my first job. I had the first computer, so as other people got computers and they needed help with those computers, guess who they went to? They went to the guy that already had one, right, which was me. Right. But what I found, what I really liked about that was they were coming to me for help, so I didn't always, you know, I could actually help other people. I didn't want to be looked on as always the guy that needed help. Right, that's how I am, too. So, you know, I, it's one of the reasons why, so I started doing the computers, so I started doing support, computer support. 
And uh, I had a couple of, of acting positions doing that exact function, doing computer support, helping other people solve their computer problems. And uh, eventually uh, I got into networking and, and I changed careers. I went from finance into IT, into networking actually. And, uh, and I love it ever since. And I do a lot of mentoring even in my job because I like to teach people. I like to, to show them that I can help them and so on. And, and they, your peers definitely don't look on you any different than themselves when they know that you actually have a lot of experience and knowledge and you can help them as well. It's one of the big reasons why I, I think a lot of people in our situation uh, where computer support and IT support and networking, that area of computers is a very get into because you can help other people a lot. Yeah. With your with your brain that's not paralyzed. Yeah, that's what I'm going to school for, um, information technology. Great. That's a great choice. Well, I love helping people, and I like computers, and I'm pretty pretty good at it. And um, I think it'd be good. I was actually uh, planning on going to college for that before my injury, but I still think that's what I want to do. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it's definitely uh, a great career. I've been, I've been working at the same place. We have the city, the local municipalities here, they amalgamated back in 2001. So yeah, bigger city, the wheels turn a little slower when it comes to getting things done, but I still love what I do every day. I got, I'm gonna end about just over two years from retiring. And even when I retire, guess what I'm gonna be doing? I'm gonna be teaching seniors and other disabled people how to use computers. That's what I'm doing now. I'm doing that part-time actually right now. Okay. It's volunteer work and, uh, you know, you get a lot of personal satisfaction by doing volunteer work and helping other people too. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah, there is. Like you're doing with your videos, that type of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like helping people a lot, especially people in my situation. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, we know how it is, you know? Another thing, so that so think go back to your rehab center. That's another reason why, as a resource, the rehab centers are good, but they what they're lacking is they don't have somebody on staff that's actually an experienced quad. Or, I was thinking about that like a few days ago. Well, so I and I noticed it, and I told the I told the the social so they have social workers there, right? Mm-hmm. And they're usually supposed to be like a link between the community resources and the rehab center to help you try and get back and and have access to the resources that you need. And one of the resources that they don't have, though, is, like I said, they don't have somebody that's experienced. That's where people like yourself with the videos and uh, and experience to be able to share that info with them and give them ideas on how, uh, you know, that, you know, life goes on after, you know, you, you can do whatever you put your mind to. I mean, uh, yeah. It's just a matter of, like you said, limitless is is it? It's a, you you put your own limits on yourself because what I honestly believe is a lot of people's disability is a lot more mental than physical yeah. in our situation. Yeah, I'd have to agree a lot on that one. All right. All righty. Well, I guess that'll wrap it up for a podcast, limitless podcast number two. If you haven't checked out the first podcast, go ahead and do that. And um, I want to thank you, Brian, for uh, being on here. And um, hopefully uh, people will comment down below on what they think about what we talked about and stuff. So um, 
maybe I could get you on here again uh, sometime down the road after we get some going. And uh, I want to eventually get a kind of like a group of us together to do one podcast, you know, like sure. maybe like four or five people that have different situations and stuff, but all kind of similar, if you know what I mean. Yeah, why not like have create like a peer group? Yeah, that'd be good. And um, so thank you guys for watching and uh, hopefully I'll see you in the next one. And be sure to subscribe if you haven't um, done so already. I'll see you later. I want to thank you for watching this video. Be sure to like and comment on this video. I will be down in the comments below and I will reply to you as fast as possible. Be sure to check out the description. There's all kinds of information down there and links and uh, stuff that tell about me. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these videos. Also be sure to share uh, on social media or places um, so we can spread the word and help out as many people as possible. If you're looking for a particular video, um, you can either go to the YouTube search and type in Mason Ellis and then whatever you're looking for, or you can go to my channel and click on the little search box. Um, or you can actually look at my playlist. Um, if you need help with anything, uh, you can message me um, or comment down below and uh, I will see if I can make a video for that or if you know how to do something different, you guys can actually send in your own videos to be featured on here. Um, so that would be greatly appreciated. I want to thank you for watching this video. Be sure to subscribe to me. Um, go ahead and like this video, comment down below, and share it with other people. Thank you.